It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. This is another episode of Frontline Friday with my very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you today? Andy, today is a good day. As opposed to any other day? or I know. I usually wake up and think it, every day is a good day, so today is like most of the other days. Today's a great day. Oh, good. It's a great day. What about you? Oh, yeah. Excellent day. I was up really early today because my first, mm-hmm. I, this is a day I interview, my sort of day a week, I interview a lot of people. Um, and uh, my first interview was at 6 a.m. my time. So I was a little blurry-eyed, but I think we did a good job. Good. I'll, I'll, don't say which one that is just because you don't want to bias people. <laughs> yes, right. They, they listen people. to it and say, oh, that's the one. That's, That's the, the one. one where he was up at five. Yeah. Well, you could tell I'm in my California studio today because, uh, yeah, time change had to be up. But, um, yeah, so it means I wasn't out early, joining you on the streets, you know, avoiding coyotes and other things on my run. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was, I was out a little earlier today. I had an early meeting in San Francisco, so I had to be out on the road a little earlier today, a little earlier than usual, but not too bad. But the habits are important, as we talked about a couple episodes ago. As we've talked, habits are important. Habits are important. All right, so we have a – first thing we're going to do is we have a question from a listener. Excellent. And, yeah, I know. Very exciting. And this is from Amy. And she said that she listened to our episode on meaningful career paths for salespeople, which was a couple episodes ago. And she's an SDR and wants to position herself to, to move up. And either to an account management or possibly an account exec job. So she says, besides crushing her numbers, what else should be should she be doing or learning to demonstrate to her bosses that she's ready to move up? That's an excellent question. Good job, Amy. Good job, Amy. And and I think it's one that a lot of people uh, must have. I get it a lot as I've uh, been responsible for large SDR teams as well. And, you know, crushing your number is important because it shows, it, it shows the mastery of the skill that, you've, uh, that you need to be an SDR and, and discipline and goal setting. There's all kinds of things that that demonstrates. The thing that I tell SDRs are looking to move up and, and the gap that I see between the SDR role and a closing role is that once an SDR gets you in the door, there are a lot of steps that happen once you get in the door to move a prospect through the sales process. Mm-hmm. And it's those starting to develop and be familiar with some of those skills is really important. So some of the things that I recommend is making sure that they're sitting in on other parts of uh, the sales process with their assigned rep. So however much exposure they can get in that um, is super helpful. Things that they learn on their own, I know some of them uh, will read different books out there that are on it. They'll go to webinars, they'll listen to podcasts, they'll do some of their own self-education. That's 
uh, that's really also helpful. Understanding the product. So we would do at Sumologic different certifications, and sometimes they would go and get demo certified, um, even though they, they might not need to, just to show that, yeah, I've also got the product mastery. So those are a couple that come to mind. Oh, I think those are great, great suggestions. The other thing I would suggest is, um, you know, start, start reading, right? Start, yeah, you know, brushing up on on some of the the sales books, perhaps that that talk about some of the skills and behaviors you need to have to become a good account exec. Uh, read up on the industry, even something as as simple as like current events, right? Reading a newspaper online, or you know. Use Flipboard or whatever you use to to sort of stay current because having that bigger worldview, I think, is is really one of the the key things that I look for when I'm looking to to hire people into a more senior sales role. Is yeah, I want to know that they've got a broader perspective on things. Yeah, I think that's a super point. I was uh, had coffee this morning with. Uh, a VC firm actually in Boston, and they specialize in helping sort of growth companies. So they focus a lot on the go-to-market. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they look for in their CEOs and they look for, and, and I know that I look for it in sales candidates, is what your this broader worldview, this curiosity, this growth mindset, it's an excellent skill to develop and cultivate because it'll help you wherever you go, certainly in sales, to be knowledgeable about world events, to be knowledgeable about the industry, to be endlessly curious. That will translate into interacting with uh, prospects and customers and a great skill to develop. And just curious about the world, right? I mean, and if curious you're, about Because you're dealing with people from, even if you only have a sales territory that's, let's say, in the United States, I mean, you're going to be dealing with people with a have maybe traveled the world, come from other parts of the world, have a, again, also have a, a broader worldview. This is the way you start connecting with them. Because you can talk about things other than just, you know, right, what's there in front of you, or maybe put what you're talking about in context of something that's happened in the broader world. So to me, yeah, opening up your eyes, being self aware of what's going on around you, really important. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. All right, Amy, you got a couple things that are to focus on. Hopefully that. Answers a question. If you have any other further follow-up, please send us an email at andy at zerotimeselling.com. So today, Bridget, I thought we'd talk about persuasion. I mean, this is this is How are you going to convince me to talk about this? Yeah, sorry. I'm gonna, Let's start there. How am I going to persuade you to how talk are you about it? Persuade me to talk about that. Talk to the hand. Um, right. Yeah, and you know, and I I I once read this the statement, which was said that to master the art of selling, you must master the art of persuasion. And I thought, well, you know, that's that's not true. <laughs> I don't I don't agree with that. You don't? I mean, no, because I mean I don't think that you're that selling is really about persuading. I mean, if you're if you are, as we talk about increasingly these days, if you're in a position where you're doing you're become a trusted advisor to someone and you know, you're doing the co-creation of value. You're helping the customer vision where they want to be and how you can help them get there. You know, persuading doesn't really fit into that. 
I don't know. I, I still think there's, there is a part of sales, even when the things that you're talking about, the education component, making sure that there's a good fit, there's, it's, it, persuasion is not manipulation. So it's not about persuading somebody that's not a good fit. But sometimes people need, need to be persuaded and a little boost to help them get over the hump, to get them over. It just gives the other, it gives your prospect, I don't know, I think of it as, as a boost of confidence almost to go do the actions that they need to do um, to get a deal through. Deals are not typically, there's not a single decision maker. And I think more and more studies are showing that the number of decision makers, particularly in complex sales, is growing. Right, right. And so, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, it's aligning with your prospect and helping them also feel it's that transference of energy, that's transference of confidence, that this is, that this is the right decision. Sure. So, I can agree with that. So, where's the persuasion in there? Um. I think of persuasion as the art of getting people to do things that, that, that are in their own best interest. And so persuasion can be, it can be the discussion about why it's the right uh, product for them. Yeah, see, I, I, think, I think of it from the this could just be a matter of perspective, right? And is that for me... If I am working with a prospect and you know I've done a great discovery with them, you know part of part of the way that they are learning about what we do and the insights we provide and so on is through the questions we ask, you know how we synthesize some of the data information they give us to uh, to create that vision of what we can do for them, how we synthesize that together. And there's a part of that process. You know, if we truly believe that, that we've got this value co-creation happening, if we're doing this properly, right? You know, if it's not just you know, pure transactional sale, but we've, we're you know, doing some value creation, co-creation, then you know, they're in that situation. We always talk about sort of ideal is, isn't it always better if the customer thinks this is their idea, right? Or they're, they're involved in the creation of what this vision is. You know, is, is persuasion part of that? Definitely. I, I think that's all. I think we're, in some ways, Andy, I think we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> Slave, I think asking good questions and part of that discovery is help. It, it, it's co-discovering. It's co-creating. But that's also the, the persuasion is helping lead them down the path that you're uncovering, you're learning more about them, they're learning more about the product. And I think just getting them to take this path with you and to trust you and to open up, I guess to me that's selling, that's persuasion, that's co-creation. And, and maybe I don't see persuasion as a negative at all. Well, I think in the way it's, it's talked about and taught in many cases it is, uh, you know, a little more, I'll call it coercive, if you will, to a certain degree, right? In a more old-fashioned sense in sales, right? It's this, the hard close. It's the, a lot of the techniques used for sort of the, the uh, you know, intermediate closes, assumptive closes, trial closes, so on and so on and so forth. That, um, you know, to me, there's other 
skills, and you sort of use the key word, and we've talked about this in the past, is really, are you inspiring and leading your customer to a decision? And, and to me, that, that seems different than persuading. Yeah, right? okay. Pers- persuade, persuading means like you have to really, you know, we always have to make a business case, right? And provide the facts. But persuading is like, yeah, we just don't quite have our act together. So I've, I've got to really, I've got to be nimble on my feet to try to, you know, close that gap between where, where we ended up with our business case and where the customer wants to be. And to me, that's the persuasion gap as opposed to saying, yeah, we can do a better job of having them help us put together the business case for them so they can have this vision of where they need to be. And we've done that together. Then that persuasion gap doesn't exist anymore. They've persuaded themselves. I think right now it's semantics. All right. You think that's because, Well, I do because I think that persuasion to me, it's not coercion. It's not manipulation. It's not – it's uh, – I am more persuaded by people who are inspiring because Perfect. I listen to them. But you're being persuaded persuaded by their inspiration, not by them trying to persuade you. And maybe that's the difference yeah. between direct and indirect persuasion. Maybe that's really the, the thing here. Right? And maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. And then, and then I would agree with you 100%. Yeah, because to, um, to me, like, you know, I, one of the things you obviously that, you know, I'm big on and that teach to everybody is, you know, how do you be responsive? Right. If you can master your responsiveness, you can accelerate your responsiveness in dealing with your prospects and your customers. You create this positive perception in their mind, and that perception persuades them. Right. That you're that perception of you as somebody they want to do business with. That somebody's going to be there. That persuades them, but it's not the overt persuasion. I'm really talking about the overt attempts yeah. to persuade that. That gotcha. is being taught as closing skills and so on and so forth, which, right. which to me, I think are, are outmoded and outdated. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I think it's, I, I wouldn't be an advocate for, okay, here are 10 tips and tricks to persuade. Say this, say, so I'm not of that bent, but I, I think that throughout the process, what are the things that you, you are doing? And sometimes they're subtle. It's about trust. It's about inspiration. It's about um, leadership. It's about knowledge. It's about compassion. Do I really care about what they're doing? It's about curiosity. Those are things that make the person, I don't want to say susceptible to being persuaded, but willing. Here's somebody I want to follow. I don't mind being persuaded by people I respect, by people I admire, because I, I want to learn from them. And so I am a willing uh, persuadee <laughs> with certain people. Just a second. I got to look that up. Persuadee. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Bridget's, Bridget's word of the day. No. What did <laughs> I hear? I heard someone on NPR the day use the word um, philologist, which is somebody who loves words. Philology is a study of words. Oh. So I love words, but I shouldn't be making them up because I think that would disqualify me as a philologist <laughs> if I'm like a word maker-upper, and I don't know what that is called. A word maker-upper is a faux philologist. Is a faux philologist, yes, and I don't, I don't want to be accused of that. Yes, yeah, so we want to stay away I from... take my words seriously. We want to stay away from faux philology. That's right. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah. Uh, that 
word's probably banned in 10 countries. So, um, yeah, I sort of look at this idea of persuasion really like in the maybe using the metaphor of a debate. Because to me, if you want to be an effective debater, then it's not enough to build an argument that's solely focused on what you believe to be true. I mean, if you want to be persuasive and to really, in my mind, fashion a compelling argument that will sway people, then you have to be able to argue both sides of the issue, right? I mean, provide context, right? You have to understand the other side as well as you understand your own. And so I think in sales, you sort of the same thing. If you really want to be persuasive, in the sense, is that you really have to relate what you're selling in the context of your prospects' needs, requirements, needs, you know, desires, objectives, and so on. And that that then becomes persuasive when you're talking about them. Yeah, and I and I think that's I. So here's why I think persuasion is important: is that just facts alone don't necessarily sell. No, I think we can all agree that most cases that's that's true. And it it's. I think about persuasion as starting to engage the other side of the brain that is where we make a lot of our decisions. Oh, and then we, we go make validate. And we then make- we go validate on facts. And so if you don't know how to persuade, you're, you're just dealing with one side of the brain, and I think you're going to have a harder time. Well, that's interesting you say that, because to me, and again, we get to perceptions, and, the, and this, you know, this sort of pervades everything we talk about in the sales business, about sales training and you know training for closing skills and so on. See, right. to me, persuasion is about appealing to the logical side. And because I agree 100% that, ah. that everything is about huh. emotion. starts with emotions, right? We huh. talked about this in a previous episode. Is Studies shown that 100% of all decisions initiate from the emotional from side. From the emotional side, right? right. So to me, relying on persuasion is all about trying to say, I'm just trying to rely on the logic of persuading ah. someone to my point of view, right? Because I think that's what persuasion, and I haven't looked it up. See, this is, this is you know what, Andy, this is where we are, I think we're essentially saying the same thing, but we're coming at it from, from different angles. I don't see persuasion as being just all about the Logic for me, but I would, I can see that there are people out there where that's, they think exactly like you do, that for them it's persuasion is, okay, I'm just going to sort of uh, shoehorn in and the drilling back on the data and the details, lack of regard for the other piece of it. So I think of the emotion and how you, again, get people to, how you inspire. How do they trust you? That's, that's, yeah, which call comes, it persuasion, call it something else. Right. And those come from perceptions, right? Trust is built on top of perceptions of you as an individual or you as an organization, part of an organization. And, you know, that's not logical. The perceptions aren't logical. Perceptions are emotional. So, Gabe makes the point is, yeah, I start to see persuasion as, as you know, people trying to say, look, I, you know, here are the facts. Here's a logical reason why you need to think those facts are important, which we see so many sales professionals sort of resort to, right? It's like, well, gosh, it should be obvious that, that here's the value of what we do. So, thus, I'm going to try to persuade you that this is important as opposed to, 
dealing with the emotions, dealing with the questions, understanding the context, and so on, which, again, for me, are, are more important skills, being responsive, really knowing your customer's business, you know, that, that to me, is, is a skill and an art. And if you have that, then the ability to work with them and have them persuade themselves that you are the right, right solution, the right vendor, the right supplier, becomes an easier outcome. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I was thinking about that I was shopping for reading glasses. And when I was in this they're nice reading glasses by the way, Andy. They are beautiful <laughs> frames, okay, that I found. And when I was there, right, and you're going to lose them, by the way. I have not lost this was years ago. I okay. I hang on to them. I I like have a GPS tag in them essentially. There the woman I, I had tried on a pair of sunglasses, which I didn't need, and I put them on, and I liked them. And glasses are expensive, and I thought, oh, I really don't need to be spending money on this. And I said to the salesperson, I don't need, look at these. These are trendy. These are going to go out of style. These are going to, and I gave her all the objections in my mind. All I wanted, Andy, was someone to enable me to make the decision. And she did just that. And it's, I threw out a lot of objections and I wouldn't say that. So when I think about, did she persuade me? No, she told, she told you you looked great in them. Which was very persuasive. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But so, so in a way she enabled you to make that decision, persuade yourself that you should do it. But it's always that. Yeah. That's what I think. That's the point. Gosh, audience, thanks for bearing with us as we work through this. But it's it's as you and I sort through our differences. Well, but I think it's important for people to understand is 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 there is so much emphasis placed in sales in general on persuading somebody to do something or convincing somebody to do something, which you know I always harken back to if I do the things that I need to do if I'm like I said if I understand product fast product services and understand my customer's business I ask great questions I ask great second and third questions that you know really get down to the detail I synthesize what this information I've gathered into a great vision for them you know not that overtly is persuasive but it is ultimately persuasive right correct and that's really what I'm talking about is, is you know, if, if, you're, if you're feeling like your job as a salesperson is to convince somebody to do something or to persuade somebody to do something, I think the perspective is wrong. Your perspective is to help somebody make a decision. And you will, through your various efforts, ultimately be persuasive. Right. But it's, it's, it's a little more, at least to my mind, the more successful people are a little more indirect in that than direct. I was um, just looking up just a definition. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's several of them. Um, process aimed at changing a person or a group's attitude or behavior by using written or spoken words to convey information, feelings, reason, or some combination. Hmm, Okay. It's pretty comprehensive. I don't know if that helps or not, but <laughs> I, I think I, I think both of our points is is that it's 
it's not a tactic. It's, it's, not a, it's not a goal. It's not a goal. And I don't see it as a last-ditch effort. Oh, my gosh, now I've got to persuade him. I think it's, it's just this journey you take with them. And along the way, as you say, Andy, you're helping them you're helping them buy. You're helping them buy something and, and go along the process to discover what is it that's going to solve which particular pain or problem or aspiration uh, yeah. that they have at that time. And you will be more persuasive if you are knowledgeable and compassionate and interesting and trustworthy. And all of these things allow you to be more persuasive through the process to help them come to that decision and ultimately convince themselves. Right. And I think you sort of start boiling it down there is that persuasion is really, to me, is more a matter of, of who and what you are. Yeah. As opposed to what you say. That's and, a good way to put it. And uh, yeah, back to this Rolf, Ralph Waldo Emerson quote I really love, which is, you know, your actions speak so loudly, I cannot mm. hear what you say. That's really what it gets down to. And I know we've brought that up before, but it's worth repeating I and bringing to bear because we are going to be most persuasive by the actions we take to support right. our customer as right. opposed to trying to build this logical case that we present. And I, I would argue that, you know, even in, if you sort of put this in arguing the case, it just, you know, thought is, you know, if you're, Maybe there's some lawyers listening to this could could comment on it, but if you're presenting to a jury, yeah, the logics and you know the time frame is important, but I bet you the attorneys spend a lot of their time dealing with the emotional side of things with the jury, as opposed to the logic. Oh yeah. At least based on my experience watching Law and Order and all those other shows. Yeah, okay, but. so there we'll go ahead and bill you as the expert then. Yeah, yeah. Law and Order. <laughs> Watch Law and Order. Right. You've learned a lot from Law and Order. Yeah, I remember my my daughter had a an internship at a a court in in Boston actually when she was going to university in Boston, and she was helping doing intake of of people have been charged with crimes and doing intake interviews and so on and then sitting in court sort of observing the process and she's like she's like didn't you know there was apparently judge was really sort of coming down hard on on some of the new um prosecuting attorneys you know that are just new to the job and they were given these low-level cases she was working in the low-level court and she was more comment she said once didn't any of these people ever watch Law and Order growing up? Because <laughs> the judge, judge kept correcting them on, on matters of process and procedure. She's oh, like, I, I knew that. That's fantastic. Anyway, that's my digression. So, well, good. All right. I think we've beaten that one to death. I think so. But action, to the bottom line, action speak louder than word if you want to be persuasive. True. All right. Cool. Anything else we want to talk about today before we excuse the audience and let them go about their days? I think we should excuse them and, and so that they'll come back to the next one. I'm afraid right, if we right. keep arguing on this one, we won't have anybody <laughs> listening next week. Well, hey, if this is an argument, then this is pretty low level. Absolutely. So, um, Well, Bridget, as always, thank you. And friends, thank you for joining us again on this episode of Frontline Friday. And we will look forward to talking to you next time. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. 
For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.